Trading Nut, episode 176. Most traders, they have a strategy, they're backtested it, but it's not enough. Um, for example, if you're a support trader trading a, a bullish engulfing at support and you've backtested it, the risk reward is X amount and the, the winner is X amount. But then you go to trade in the lab markets and all of a sudden you're, you've got fear, you've got hesitation, you don't feel confident, but you still take it because it's part of your rules. But the reason for that is because you haven't really backtested it. So what I mean by that is you need to backtest all the variables of how does price approach your support? Um, is there a consolidation range before the bullish engulfing? How big is the bullish engulfing? How big is the pin bar? Is there a bit of a fake out? What time of the day are you trading? What currency pairs works best of it? What's the distance between the bullish engulfing and the support or the range? And then once you got all this data out and all the different variables of engulfings, whether it's a big one, a small one, one with a large wick, you need to basically filter everything out and just stick to the one that is really high profitable and just trade that one. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Diego Torres in the house. Now, Diego, if you're thinking this name sounds familiar, it is because it should be. He is uh, Rodrigo Torres's cousin, and in fact, he actually trained up Rodrigo to some degree. And uh, you may have seen him on the Trading Nut live streams here on in the past few weeks. So these guys are now doing a London session and a New York session live stream here on the channel with their unique take on on smart money concepts trading. They've called it bank-level trading. So this is their unique take on it. Uh, extensively back-tested, and it gives them the ability to grab like a 10-hour trade pretty much every day. So um, guys, yeah, that's actually over on the live stream. But today you're going to hear Diego's story, and this guy has done it all. He has been through the entire industry, almost the entire industry uh, of trading, probably a career track record that most of us would love to have, uh, be it prop trading firms, trading on the floor there, hedge funds, creating his own hedge fund, uh, and now he works uh, over there at CTI or City Traders Imperium as a portfolio manager, and I say works, he's he's one of the traders over there. Um, now, yeah, so you're going to get to hear his story today. Then after the show, we jumped on and got him to record a little video about him predicting a trade, and he was looking for, I think it was ATAR on the trade with a possible 28R win on that trade. So we're going to see the before and after. So I haven't seen the after yet. I've seen the before. So we're going to get him to walk through both sides of it. Did it work out? Did it not work out? How did he get into it if he did? All right. So um, other things going on here at Trading Up. We've still got the Trading Up Funded Cup running. Uh, the leader is at 64% with a, only a few more days left to go in this cup. I think second place is around about the 50%. So it looks like he's going to take it. Um, guys, if you do want to subscribe to June's competition, you're going to hear about that in a second. Uh, other things going on here at Trading Up, we've got the live stream still running. We've got them almost every single day of the week now, and some fantastic traders on there. So if you guys are looking for that support whilst you're in the markets, then definitely hit subscribe on the YouTube channel to check out those live streams. And we've got more traders coming as well. So I've got potentially a couple more traders coming on these live streams here. The idea is that we can cover your trading week here at Trading Nut. Um, last but not least, before we get into it, Robot Builders Club is still open. If you're looking to automate some or all of what you do, I can teach you how to do that without doing any coding at all. And you can pretty much build out whatever you can dream up. So if you want to find out more about that, Find the link underneath the video here or head over to tradingnut.com. There's a free robot there that you can download and a little bit of a mini course there you can go through where I teach you a few things around building these robots and backtesting them. All right, guys, enough from me. Let's get on with the show with Diego. Folks, if you missed out on joining the Trading Nut Funded Cup, don't worry. With over 3,000 traders registered, my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have decided to run another. But this time, they've promised the prizes will be even bigger and better. Folks, if you want to register for this and show your skills as a trader, 
click on the link above or the link below the video or in the podcast description then sign up for free before 15th of june 2022 and get 10% off any city traders imperium product just for entering the competition good luck folks and we'll see you in the cup Righty ho folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Diego Torres in the house. Now, if you do recognize him, it's because he is actually featured on some of the live streams here on Trading Up. He is the cousin of Rodrigo Torres, who's been on the show before uh, and works at City Traders Imperium as a portfolio manager, amongst other things. So welcome to the show, Diego. Thank you, Cam. Thank you for having me. Look, it's fantastic to get you on because I did get a snippet of your story when you did your first live stream and I was like, actually, that's a really, really awesome story because I thought Rodrigo's was pretty good, but yours is even better. Um, and because uh, I think you trained him up, didn't you? Yeah, in the, in the, in the beginning, after in the beginning. I, I did a course, I showed him some tricks, but it's not enough just to show somebody the very basics of trading. So yeah. we all have, we've got a personal, um, it's, a, it's a tough journey for an individual. Okay, cool. Well, look, um, guys, we're going to get Diego's, I'm going to call you Rodrigo. Yeah, Diego's. It's very common, we get it confused. I'm going to get Diego's full story now. So um, how did you get into trading and and how did it all start? Okay, um, where do I start? So it all started in um, 2014. So in 2014, I graduated from uh, university. I'd done moving image and animation and that I was not passionate with that whatsoever because I did sort of foresee the future and I thought, hold on a minute, if I'm doing media, film production, for me to make a decent decent living, um, it's going to take me a few years of doing freelance work um, and just start from the bottom like any other business, right? And after you leave university, when you go to these media companies, they're going to ask you, have you got experience? But how am I going to have experience when I just graduated and I've just been studying? So I thought, hold, oh, it's just going to take too long. Um, then I was re- sort of researching, okay, how can I sort of make money on the internet or sort of businesses I can do? And I saw that one of my friends on Instagram, she posted, a, she just had a post saying, oh, um, I just made a couple grand this week um, after trading. I was like, what? Trading? What is this? Obviously, done my due diligence research, contacted her, and I ended up doing the same course that she did in um, Canary Wolf. And in Canary Wolf, there was this big boom in London where all these trading companies were coming up. Um, So anyway, this course was just a very basic, now that I look at it, it's a very basic support and resistance scoping course but at the time you sort of get sort of dream you know you're gonna live this lifestyle um be financially free and the traders in this canary wolf office they were showing the lifestyle right they were showing all the fancy suits the rolexes the uh 510k a month offices i thought okay i'm in the right place long story short after i'd done that course um just back testing back testing trading live I thought I was shit. <laughs> After six months, I went live with some decent um, decent trading sort of history on a demo account. I thought, you know what, I'm ready to take on the world. Um, I ended up taking a 10K investment um, from a close friend of mine. And within a week, I basically blew it. So that was a bit of a, a, bit of a slap in the face. Do they, they have 10K to throw away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. That's why he obviously gave it to me. He's like, yeah. okay, Diego, if you... And I was showing him, look, look what I can do. I can do this for you, <laughs> right? But this is all sort of demo. And I was showing him in real time, um, look, this the market's going to come right here. I'm going to buy it here, sell it here, take profit. And I was just doing that for two weeks every day in this house. I was showing him, you know, look, um, I'm a decent trader. Um, and then he offered me, oh, um, do, do a what can you do for me? I can flip your account. Don't worry. He gave me the 10K in installments and I just blew it within a week or two. And that really humbled me. And I was like, whoa, I just, I felt so tiny. I was so, so humbled. Um, so after that six months of just going through that sort of struggle, um, between the, between, so I started in 2014, around 2014 to 2050, 2016 now, that's when I sort of knuckled down and I studied a lot. So I've done so much research online, um, done seminars, 
I spent so much time on YouTube reverse engineering all the top traders on YouTube because back then there was this big boom of just traders just popping up in YouTube before it was whatever was on YouTube, but there was this big boom in London, specifically in London. Um, all these top traders showing the lifestyle, showing withdrawals, that real traders, I was like, wow, okay, um, what, how are they doing it? So they used to do sort of do these um, weekly analysis, and I'll just break it down. I'll press pause on the, on the YouTube, then I'll go back to my chart, and I'll just copy the analysis. And then after, after a while, um, I managed to crack it somehow. Maybe it's because um, my background... I mean, something I've always been passionate about and something that's really good to have as a trader is having a bit of a sports background because you get that competitive um, nature. And also, I used to play games when I was younger. So when you're playing games, you're sort of, you know, you're you're cracking the levels. It's the same with trading. You need to crack all these levels. Um, where am I at? Where, where am I at? So, yeah, YouTube, trading. Um, so once I started to... Um, reverse engineer all these strategies and I Im- implemented it into my own and I don't know what I called it but I just had my own strategy and the thing with trading you want to get strategies from other traders and just make it your own because you can't really just make up a strategy and like you're just <laughs> some scientist you need to take it from somebody else and make it yourself so I've done that and I started posting on Instagram just as a personal journal before and after so, okay I'm looking for this trade then I'm going to exit here. And I just had this big journal of my Instagram of um, just, at, that's where my journal was at. It was on Instagram. So then somebody, not somebody, some people started messaging me, oh, do you teach? And I was like, no, I'm not going to teach. I'm not making money myself. <laughs> I'm not going to teach anyone if I'm not making money. I'm not, I'm not ready to teach. But there was um, one or two people in particular that just kept on um, just harassing me in a good way. Please teach me, please teach me, please teach me. And I'm like, um, I was like, no, no, no. And then I just thought, you know what? I'm going to teach you, but I'll do it for free because, you know, I'm not going to take money when I'm not making money myself. Told it for free. They made some decent um, results. And then I thought, okay, decent. Um, <laughs> this is, and it's quite good. It's quite fulfilling that when you teach somebody a skill, they can start implementing it themselves. So long story short, um, after I was doing all this teaching, more people started messaging me because I took a picture of... Um, me teaching the the student and then all of a sudden I, I must have got like 20 dms just messaging me oh do you teach do you teach and you i ended up in, per- in person teaching or like in person oh, teaching right. in oh, person okay. teaching i used to drive up to the house right. and teach them in their house or in a cafe um and i'll just teach them and i literally managed to teach around 40 people in a space of one summer made around 20,000 pounds because I was teaching for 500 pounds. So that was like my full-time job, just teaching, teaching, teaching. <laughs> that's that's um, a decent money for like, <laughs> I mean, when I was living in London, I think I was on I was on 15K or 25K at the end of my tenure there a year. So you were on, you were like, what, 500 pounds for each session? or just 500 teach? pounds for a session for just for a three-day one-to-one course just for myself and i'm just teaching them in just everything from top to bottom yeah yeah damn <laughs> so you're making some decent <laughs> corn on the teaching i was i was but i was always telling them look i'm not making money yeah. myself um i don't really have a track record but i can teach you and this is why it was so cheap but the value was quite incredible because the strategy that i was teaching them it was probably worth around two three grand um from the actual courses that people were paying for it but i because i reverse engineered it i made it a little bit better what was it um, what was, can you was, sort of describe what it was made up of because i believe that this, you're not using that method at the moment right oh no wait that's yeah. a very retail yeah method. so what, what it was, was it, it was what, made up yeah it, it, it was made up of um literally fibonacci and structure that's it very simple but with um with certain confirmations and price actions. And that was it. It's a very basic strategy that most traders probably trade now. Just Fibonacci and structure, A, B, C, D legs, um, and just reading candlesticks. Just a very basic retail method, which is profitable. You know, the average risk reward was probably like two, three hours at the time. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, all the teaching, it really helped with my development as well. Because, you know, when you teach, you sort of, um, you become better mm-hmm. as you as you teach um, over the over the time. Um, with that 20K now, 
I mean, I'm, I was quite young, but I can't remember how, how old I was. I was probably 24, 25. Anyway, with that 20K, that just went like an idiot. That Thinking now, I'm like, wow. That just went to um, lifestyle, <laughs> holidays, um, just silly just silly stuff. Um, did, did I invest any of it? No, did you I pay did your mate have... back or you, you took 10K off? <laughs> was it young ways um, for 10K? No, 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 I actually didn't. I actually didn't. I should have. But it came in installments and I just spent it immediately when, right. when I got it. And it, it just, it's not like I saved up 20K because if I did, I'd go, oh, hold on a minute. Um, yeah. Oh, here's your 10K because yeah, I was spending every yeah. time. It was just one of those things. Okay, um, so you're teaching these guys. You're learning it as you're going. So how did things progress from there? So it was probably around 2016 to 2017. Um from that 20k I had I remember I had around one grand left and with that one grand left that was more or less my last lifeline in trading so with that 1k I decided to open up a, a live trading account because I was I was actually trading demo at the time and I was making sure I was telling everyone look I'm, I'm trading demo I'm not you know I'm not really making money of trading that you might believe I'm just a really good technical analyst fantastic forecaster big difference to an actual trader right so with the 1k that i had left after that 20k that i made and, and splashed out um i built a a track record with that 1k and that track record lasted for probably one maybe even two years like a proper track record um 2016 2017 that was a bit of a it was a funny time period since i was working in um Amazon as a delivery driver. So, you know, I, I need some, some form of income. The teaching stopped. Um, I was working in, um, while I was in Amazon as well, the whole day from morning to night, I was just listening to um, trading podcasts. Um, yeah, just uh, so many trading podcasts. Which one is trade? Probably one, probably it's my, just... you were probably listening to my podcast by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have. I should have. I, I think it, I might um, have been around in 2015, 20, oh, 2016, 2017. Yeah, it definitely would have been around. Yeah. Yeah, but what was it called? 52 Traders. 52 Traders. No. But I wish I did. I mean, yeah. your, your channel is amazing. You've got all these traders yeah. coming in. It was, it was a great podcast. Um, okay. Traders, that, that, that's, I just remember chat with traders. Yeah, chat with traders. Oh, yeah. Listen to everything on that one. Um, where was that? Yeah, so when I was working on Amazon, banging out, chat with traders. Also, that was my day job. I also had a night job um, in HSBC where I was dealing with the deliveries, um, the, the night deliveries at the time. And sometimes I even had to quickly just clean the desk of the, the trader's uh, desk, right? And I used to see the, the charts. I was like, oh, wow, like, what am I doing here? I should be sitting down there, right? But, you know... I had this mindset of um, with trading, it was more like a life or death sort of mentality. There was completely no plan B in sight. I did not think about media. I did not think about getting a, just a basic job. I did not think about getting a new course. It was trading, do or die, and that's it. And I just had that mindset. So while I'm working these jobs, I'm also networking and working for other trading companies that are just coming up. I help them do a course. I'm doing um, some technical analysis for them. So I'm just all over the place in 2016 to 2017 with just, I just know for a fact, trading is going to be my um, number one goal. And that is it. You know, there's ups and downs in, in, in everyone's journey. Um, and what did you do with that track that you said you did a one to two year track on that 1K account? So where did it end up? That ended up in a very um, in, interesting place. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that because I've got everything in my head just in, in, in um, otherwise I'm just going to forget uh, a large amount. But the track record basically helped me land a prop fund where I was managing six figures and then a hedge fund where I managed to close. Um, not I managed to close. The track record, it, it basically, it, I can explain this. It, we closed 400 million, but I left that um, company, which I'll get into in, in more detail. Um, so in 2017 to 2018, um, this was a time when I was doing the whole Amazon as well, HSBC. I met um, my girlfriend, which lasted like six months back then. And that ended quite quick because, you know, I left these jobs to 
open up a hedge fund with one of my friends because of the track record that I had, right? But because I left these jobs and I'm in the process of opening up, opening up this hedge fund, um, you know, I've got no finances. So, you know, the, my girlfriend at the time was like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to open up a hedge fund. This is my vision. I just don't have money right now. And it just had to end because it was, it was a big distraction, right? So that more or less just ended. Um, so when I opened up this hedge fund, with um, one of my friends that was also somebody that I met through this trading journey, he has a really, really big network. And he managed to literally get me a trial of 500K from five different investors because of the, tra- the track record that I had. Now, I've never traded that much <laughs> in my life. So when I started to trade that, I was break even for a long time and I ended up just gradually losing because my mindset, I was not prepared for that at all. Um, what, what was the most difficult sort of, thing? What, why was it so hard to jump from 1,000? Oh, it's a stupid question, but from 1,000 to 500,000, <laughs> half a million, why was that so hard? I think you're hunting it for me, but um, it's it was so hard because I'll, I'll get emotional when I see, you know, if, if I see a loss of, let's say, 1% and it's what's 1% of uh, 500,000 it's like 5,000 or something 5,000 5, yeah and there's all this pressure that if I don't if I don't make if I don't make it here then I'm not going to make it as a trader and it, and my you know I had a trade into a certain level where yes I um, back tested and I journaled my trades but not in detail like I am today Right, and I just wasn't ready. I, 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 I was not ready to trade five hundred thousand had I passed that anyway. So it was lucky. It was a it was a trial. Um, so in that time as well, in 2017, 2018, while I was doing that, I also with the same track record. It was a pretty decent track record of a really low drawdown. It was around. Um, it was literally around two hundred percent in a year and a half with like a less than a 5% drawdown. So that was really attractive. Yeah. And it was very consistent. But the difference is, is a very small track record. It's a, the monetary value is a thousand, it's a thousand pounds, right? So it's quite easy to, to manage that, but it's still a track record. So, you know, when, when we, um, when I done these sort of um, meetings, I just <laughs> blanked out the, um, the money value and just said, it is my track record. You don't need to know how much it is. That's private. Just, you know, <laughs> the stats are there. If you want to, if you want to take it or not, that was more or less the, the gist of it. Um, where was that? So can so, I ask how you yeah. get, what are the logistics around getting a $500,000 account to trade on a trial basis? How do they actually make that happen? So with, um, with this friend of mine, because of his network, and his previous industries, he he already has a lot of people that are high net worth clients that are part of um, the broker and whatnot. Um, so he'll just message them and be like, look, you're not really profitable in your account, right? You're not really profitable. You're just blowing your account, but I've got a trader who can trade. Would you like him to trade for you? And that's how the partnership more or less came into came in together. And were you traded um, like a ma'am or a Pam or something like that to place the trades? See, but back then I wasn't. I don't think the the mams existed, or I just was, wasn't aware of them. It was all individual accounts, so it's a big mess, you know, oh. having to trade individually a hundred thousand and then trying to trade my one k. It was just all over the place. It was just it was a headache, and it's good that it never. Um, excelled from it because I did not deserve to be a trader. I was not ready at all. Um, so from around 2017, 2018, okay. So from around, from 2018 onwards, now that I've got, I've got this track record, I've got, you know, I'm becoming a better trader. That's when um, I landed this job in a, in a hedge fund, right? So with this hedge fund, I came in as a senior trader with my track record, with some charts. Um, they needed a technical analyst and a trader. I managed to sort of fit both, um, um, yeah, I managed to just fit both roles. And within this um, hedge fund, which is the one where I introduced Rodrigo into it, and later he introduced me to um, CTI, so it's, it's quite funny. Oh, and I introduced him to um, the, the prop firm in Surrey. Did I mention that Did I mention that one? 
No, um, I don't think you did. Okay, see, I must have missed it. So in 2017 and 2018, um, when this hedge fund, the, uh, the 500k trial, when that didn't really um, proceed, and it wasn't just the 500k, it was the licenses. I forgot to mention that. It was the licenses that was really complex. Right, I, need, I needed to get this license, study this finance. It was a headache. I just thought, no way. <laughs> I'm not doing this. So we just scrapped that. Um, but within that year, around 2017 to 2018, with that track record, um, one of my um, contacts that I also contacted in this journey, um, one of my network friends, he had this job in a, in a prop firm. And he said, oh, look, I've got this trader who is a decent trader. So I went to the office in Surrey, really amazing sort of mansion office looking building, um, showed him a track record, had the interview. Next day I was in the office. I was like, oh, wow, that. This is really happening. I'm going to a prop firm to trade real money. And literally, they gave me a 100,000 live account to trade. And I was like, okay, wow, okay. And I was in this really, really good um, fancy office. And you can see on my Instagram, if you you check out, the the office is right there as well. It's it's, it's funny. It's a really, really good office. Um, So in this prop firm, that didn't last long. It lasted probably six to nine months. I was trading the hundred thousand, which is fine. But the problem now, which I, I this, the reason that I left was mainly because they wanted to change my trading style to be like a high frequency scoping trader, right? To, which is not my trading style. I was more or less just an intraday slash swing trader at the time. So they wanted me to, to become this high frequency scoping trader to pay for the office, pay for all the wages, you know, cause you're making so much money from the lot sizes. So I'm already, not in my comfort zone. It's like telling Cristiano Ronaldo to go and uh, to be a keeper or to go in the fence. It's just not going to work, you know? So it, it was, that was a bit of a struggle, but the funny story with this prop firm, um, they were looking for traders. So I said, Oh, you know what? I know a really good trader. Now this trader was the same trader. So I've done this course in 2014. Remember the traders that had this fancy lifestyle, the CEO, there was a show and everything. I managed to introduce that trader to this prop firm. And he was basically working in in this prop firm. And long story short, so many traders came in managing the same account. It was a big mess. And in my trades were actually quite consistently slowly going up in profit, but the other traders were just losing it. And it was a mess. So it just didn't really work out having all these strategies and there were scopers, swing traders, <laughs> gambling. It was just a big mess. So I, I just ended up leaving that, um, that prop firm in 2018. Um, yeah. Uh, so around 20, uh, just at the end of 2018, that's when I got into this hedge fund, like a proper hedge fund in London with the uh, offices in Dubai. Um, at that point, could you say, would you say you could actually trade? You were like, you know, comfortable making money on a regular basis, or were you still going? Well, can't really tell because mm. everyone else is dipping into the hundred k, losing the money. I can't really tell if I'm profitable or not. I would say I could tell I was profitable because I was quite consistent with the gains. But saying that at the time, I'm thinking, yes, I'm profitable. I've got this. But then. The next month, I become a better trader. Then the next month, I become a better trader. So I'm constantly improving. So I was lying to myself, you know. So even now, well, actually now, no, now, now it's a different story. <laughs> but back then, you'd think you're a profitable trader. But when you realize, oh, wow, I've, I've learned so much in the space of six months, you've developed so much, um, you just become, you just get, keep, you just keep on improving. It's really hard to explain. You might think you're profitable, but then you forward down a year down the line and you're 10 times a better trader. So that was more or less what happened. Um, so then when I got this, this role in, the, in this hedge fund, I came in as a senior trader. Long story short, I built a track record with them as well. And that managed to close a 400 million pound investment, right? Which was quite, quite incredible. Now we, I didn't really trade. That was with my track record that we closed a 400 million investment. Um, but, the 400 million is not something that all of a sudden I'm trading 400 million. No, it's in installments. So first it's a 50K, then 100K, and it gradually went up to 800,000. Well, no, um, just under a million. And I'm making some decent money there, you know, just for the first, I'm living the life in Mayfair in London, um, just with Rodrigo as well, my cousin, 
just we're just living life amazing um you know we're just in that trailer trailer lifestyle but then it became really normal you know we see ferraris around the corner all the arabs is walking around because mayfair is the central of hedge funds anyway there's all the biggest all the biggest hedge funds are in, are in mayfair and all these fancy restaurants and whatnot but then it became it just became part of the, the normal lifestyle every day it was just the same we go to the gym in the morning come to the office, analyze, trade, go home, call it a day, gym in the evening as well. Quite quite boring, but quite um, consistent. And these were the times where I also met um, my wife, uh, which is, well, my girlfriend, which turned, my, um, turned into my wife right now. And when I left this, the reason I'm mentioning her is, is it relates to the story. So when I left this hedge fund now, the reason I left it is, there was no there was no room for for growth. The, the fund manager was closing the trades. Um, the profit share wasn't fair. There's just no room for growth. Even though the money was pretty decent, we're not growing. We're just you know we've got ch- chains and there's a big anchor be- behind us just holding us you know for our development. So Rodrigo ended up leaving first because he he more or less sort of just saw the the signs a bit early like look we need to leave now. And was, you know fair enough he left. I sort of stayed for another three months, <laughs> but Rodrigo ended up um, with the strategy that we developed in this hedge fund because we had a mentor at the time in this hedge fund based in Holland. He was already trading 100 million, trading um, small money concepts with a mixture of some other stuff and whatnot. But we developed not only a small money concept strategy, but we implement implemented the patterns that I've also developed over the years and we just back tested the hell out of the strategy. I'm talking just 12 hours a day, just all day for months, just back testing, back testing, back testing while we're trading lab and we're just improving, improving, improving. Um, so Rodrigo left and with that strategy that we developed, he passed CTI in that two months. Then I left, um, I left this hedge fund. I went to, so when I left this hedge fund now, number one, I've got no track record myself. Now that track record belongs to um, the hedge fund. I don't have no income, don't have any job. Basically starting from zero again. Um, I, you know, I've basically got zero money to my name, right? So I basically left with zero again. But again, same mindset does not mean anything because I know at the end, I'm still going to be a trader 100%. Um, So when I left the hedge fund, because I had more or less zero, zero money to my name and I wanted to start again, um, do my own business and trade. And somehow um, that's when I moved into uh, Sweden, lived at my wife's parents' house. That's how deep it got. You know, I ended up going to my wife's parents' house. Imagine how she feels. <laughs> but we, we were there for like... A, yeah, what happened to uh, the money that you all... made in the hedge fund? Did, you know, did it just all get squandered in Mayfair? Yeah, more, more, more or less, yeah. But more or less it got squandered in Mayfair, but 80, 90% of it, I was investing it into crypto at the time. So all that money just went oh, into right. crypto. And you didn't want to touch it. And You'd... Yeah, no, that's, yeah. That, that's just, even now I don't touch it. It's just, it means nothing. It's just an investment, five years, six years. Don't, I, don't even, I don't even touch, don't even think about that. So that's the thing, you know, I've got zero to my name, but at the time I had a massive crypto portfolio that I invested in but it means nothing because I'm not touching it. So I went to, and she was fully aware of it. She's like, okay, we have nothing. We're not touching that crypto portfolio. Um, we're going to have to go to Sweden. Obviously, if we start, if, if I start to withdraw from crypto, then I'm just shooting myself in the leg five years down the line if I start, you know, maneuvering. So that's what I'm sort of thinking five years ahead. Crypto in the long run is what's going to make you um, a, a bit more comfortable than the current situation. So um, I went to... Yeah, went to Sweden. Um, she gave birth there as well. Um, so I do have a, a two-year-old son now. And in Sweden, since I had zero to my name, I'm not touching crypto. Um, she helped me a lot with um, investing in sort of psychology courses and prop firms, which I ended up passing um, an FTMR account back then, to be honest. And that was keeping me, um, keeping me sort of stable in Sweden. And when I came back here... And when I came back to the UK, um, that's when, yeah, that's when Rodrigo introduced me to CTI. And long story short, I became the 
yeah, the senior coach, performance coach, a portfolio manager. And now I've got my um, BLT course with um, Rodrigo as well in CTI, which is the strategy. All, all these eight years of trading and everything I've learned in the hedge fund has all turned into this killer beast strategy that now is for the community. And like I went live on your on your um, live stream the other day, there was a, a live chart and I took it. It went up to 10 out in the end, you know, and it's it's a proper professional um, strategy. And I, I just love it so much. Um, and that's it. That's that's more or less where I'm at. And I'm at CTI now and I love it. It's, it's a crazy journey. Like, I mean, I think, you know, to have that experience across the course of those, you know, five or six years, whatever it's been, is just amazing. Like in terms of, you know, hedge funds, prop firms, um, you know, trying to, trying to create your own hedge fund. There's so... I suppose it's, we're probably only getting like the the icing on the cake here uh, before you know we're not getting the full meal of everything that went on there to really get our heads in. Um, and it, so I'm probably just going to th- throw in one question here and say, I mean, what can you, what lessons did you learn that you can pass on to the guys listening from all those years? If you had to sort of sum it up into like maybe one or two lessons, maybe even three, what what would they be that mm. you think was so beneficial that Somebody else can walk away and go, okay, well, I could probably somehow try and replicate that. Mm, okay. Um, I think one of the lessons that I learned is it's a lot easier if you've got some form of an income so you don't stress about trading. I was quite the opposite because I had so many gaps where I wasn't trading. I mean, I, I mentioned a few jobs, but most most of the time I wasn't trading. I never had a real income. So trying to trade live and, and trying to make it as a trader when you've got no income is really, really hard. So if you have an income, that's going to help a lot with your psychology. And if you're, if, if you're doing these prop firm challenges, you know, don't have this mindset of, um, oh, I'm, I'm stuck in the 95. No, it's, it's, it's just a vehicle to help you pass a challenge that's going to help you in the future. So having an income is important. Um, you need to, you need to really, you need to really back to the strategy. Um, Cause I, my strategy has been developed so much over the years. And now it's just one very specific um, entry so what I mean you need to back to the strategy, and I say this so, so much to uh, my students, it's most traders that have a strategy, they're backtested it, but it's not enough. Um, for example, if you're a support trader trading a, a bullish engulfing at support and you've backtested it, the risk reward is X amount and uh, the winner is X amount. But then you go to trade in the lab markets and all of a sudden you're, you've got fear, you've got hesitation, you don't feel confident, but you still take it because it's part of your rules. But the reason for that is because you haven't really backtested it. So what I mean by that is you need to backtest all the variables of how does price approach your support? Um, is there a consolidation range before the bullish engulfing? How big is the bullish engulfing? How big is the pin bar? Is there a bit of a fake out? What time of the day are you trading? Um what currency pairs works best of it? Um, what's the distance between the bullish engulfing and the support or the range? And then once you got all this data out and all the different variables of engulfings, whether it's a big one, a small one, one with a large wick, you need to basically filter everything out and just stick to the one that is really high profitable and just trade that one. Because once you trade only that one, then when you trade the live markets, the ones that made you feel hesitant, you've already removed that mm. from your arsenal. So you're just trading the one that works and psychology becomes so, so easy and it just becomes repetition. And that's it. That's probably the best advice I can give. Back testing. Now, what, what if you had to sort of compare your trading now <clears throat> compared to like when you were at that, let's say at that prop firm with the 100K, what is your what are the stats look like in terms of the difference? I mean, with that hundred K prop for my stat back then, it was I was averaging probably around two R. It, it was a struggle. No, it was actually a struggle to get two R on average. The win rate was probably um it was probably 50, 40, 50, around forty, fifty percent. Now 
um, the win rate, it can vary every week from 60 to 80% with an average risk reward of probably 10 on, 10 on above. Well, and I've only got five hour on the uh, the live stream, so it's we pretty pretty need to <laughs> pretty need to amend that. Um, okay, right. So a dramatic difference, and the main thing you attribute to that is what is back testing. So when I lived in Sweden for almost a year, and in the time of the hedge fund in Mayfair. In Mayfair, I was probably six hours, 68 hours a day. I was just backtesting. And in Sweden, because I had nothing better to do, I was literally spending, no word of a lie, from 7 a.m. to around 9 p.m. So around 14 hours every single day, just backtesting. I became a bit of an addict. It was a bit crazy. You know, I was just so, you know, it was, it was, it was make or break. You know, when you've got, when you've been there and then you go back to zero, life humbles you you know you can't you can't stay there so it's life or death sort of mentality there's no plan b and i spent literally 14 hours a day just back testing back testing back testing back testing back testing and it's it's a it's like the training ground you just you know you just need to keep in shape that, that's what it was and, and was were there any times like and i'm guessing there must have been where you know emotionally the back testing actually you know, you had breakdowns or anything like that. Was there any sort of real low moments or real high moments? Mm, with backtesting, never really a low moment. It was, it was more like, um, it was mostly, mostly aha moments. Like I'll take a trade or I'll backtest 12 months of data in, in Euro between only the London session, for example. And then I re- I'll realize, oh, this fine detail here is really good. Let me take this one out. All the other crap, I'm going to remove it. Then I'm like, okay, now I've filtered this out. Now let me try this in this aspect of Euro. And I just kept on moving everything around. So I had um, I had patterns and I had I had channels at one point, triangles, head and shoulders. And I filtered everything out. And I realized that wedges work amazing with um, my, my strategy. So I just kept on filtering. It's just continuous improvement, really. And from like a technical point of view of what software you're using and how you're recording the information, how was that done? So I started with using an Excel sheet and then I stopped doing that and I shifted over to Edwonk and then Notion and now everything's more or less a Notion and I do some back testing on TradingView and simulations on Forex Tester. Righty-ho. Okay. And were you using the replay tool in TradingView? Yeah, the replay too. So something I used to do with the replay too on TradingView is I used to stretch the I still do it now, stretch the screen so I'd, so the candles just become really straight and you don't really see the data. And then go to a random day on on the Euro on like 2015 and then just back to start. Rather than going back to 2015, knowing exactly where there was a big rally to the upside, mm. then I already know, oh, I just need to be buying the market. You know, that to me, I, I feel like I'm just cheating and just get, you know, it's just not fair. So I'll rather go to a random market and just literally just proper freestyle it rather than knowing what's going to happen. Cool. And, and if you had to summarize your strategy now that the BLT, I mean, uh, how many trades would you typically take a week? Mm, it varies between one and four. And what? Are, how many instruments are you looking over? I only trade, I specifically trade the euro. So euro USD, AUD USD, dollar CAD and dollar yen. And the reason I only trade those markets is because I've back tested probably, I mean, the time in Sweden, <laughs> the 12, 14 hours a day, it went into this, basically this. So I back tested every single pound pay, euro pay, CAD pay, yen pay, Swiss pay. So if I'm back testing all the pound pairs, you know, pound, pound USD, Pound New Zealand, Pound Swiss, Pound US, uh, Pound Yen, Pound CAD, um, Pound, that's about it. Those are five or six. So with all those pound pairs, I will backtest three to five years of data on all of them, right? And just really backtest and tweaking it. Then I'll do all the Euro pairs, all the CAD pairs, all the indices, all the, all the other markets. And I found that with the BOT, the four that I just mentioned, they work best. So I only trade those four pairs Right, awesome. Um, now, what about your typical trading day? How does that how's that structured? 
so it normally starts um, just after I finish work. <laughs> so when I say work, I mean, you know, managing the BLT community and managing some trades. So once I've done the, the day, then I start planning for the next day. So for example, I'll break down the charts and I'll know exactly what I'm looking for and some personal tasks. So once I've done that, then I'll, um, yeah, then I'll go upstairs, see the family, we'll go out. No, no, I'll, I'm starting from the, the wrong way. All right, so I'll analyze everything, preparing for the next day, just after I finish work. So in the morning now, I'll get up around, around yeah, half six, around half six, seven, go to the gym, come home. And I've already got everything prepared that I prepared just after I finish work. And from, you know, from probably eight, eight, nine until five-ish, I'm just literally trading all day, managing some trades and managing the BLT community. Once the day is done, then that's when I start preparing for the next day. Then I'll have um, I'll, I'll have dinner, go out with the fam, take the son for a walk, come home, watch a movie, chill, and, and, and that's it really. And when you say trading all day, I mean, how does that sort of work around? I mean, you literally sat there in front of the chart every single hour, a minute of the day, or do you block it out somehow? Yeah, so, so, so when I say trading all day, it means just being in sync with the market. So if there's a trade I'm preparing, like for example, I'm looking to buy um, the AUD USD sometime today if I get confirmation. So I'll be looking at the chart every hour for just a couple of minutes just to get in zone updating the, the patterns updating the bank levels updating the imbalances etc and i'll just get in the flow of it while i'm managing um the blt communities and updating videos and if i get an alert on the aussie then i'll quickly look at the aussie again i'll manage it and if there's no signal there's no signal but if there's a confirmation and i get a signal to get in then i'll enter the trade on all the other accounts as well and then i'll just manage that and i'm once there's more, um, if there's more alerts, then I'll take a screenshot, I'll record it, I'll journal it. And then once it's, um, depends if I take profit today, then I'll have to journal that. So it really depends on whether the trade has been closed or not. But really, when I mean trading all day, I just mean be getting in sync with the market all day. Okay. And, and what about like you, you personally and back when you're starting the journey, going through it, do you think there are any sp- like sort of different traits or things that you have going on from your personality point of view that that make you different from other traders out there Mm, i think um i used to i used to play a lot of sports specifically football i I love my football you know everyone knows me and everyone that knows me i love my football i even tried to make it as a footballer at one point and i passed this trial in some some u.s scouting academy chelsea yes that's a that's my UK team. Oh, is it? <laughs> I love that one. Very yeah, my, my yeah the team that I support growing up was Real, Real Madrid, but I do love Chelsea. That's my, my London team. Um, so I've always had this competitive nature where I don't really look at all the other footballers that might be faster than me because of genetics or they might be taller or stronger. I've always sort of focused on my personal uh, development. So something I used to do when I was younger, uh, I used to take the football, take it to the park, and just work on my shooting and just shoot at the fence and just work on the technique, work on the technique. I used to watch uh, football videos and just reverse engineer the way they take the shots. And then it got to the point where, oh, wow, now I've got this. Everyone knows me that when I take a shot, I'll probably score because I've tested it so much at the training ground. It's the same with trading. Um, I've got this, this competitive nature where I just want to improve on myself. So as a trader, just constantly want to improve the strategy and myself. I don't look at other traders or what they're making. It's just literally just focusing on myself. And that's more or less the, the trait that, um, yeah, that relates to me yeah, to trading. And maybe, yeah, maybe even playing video games when I was younger, you sort of want to um, pass the next level when you're breaking down the, the game, right? So that sort of muscle memory is the same with trading. You're sort of trying to, it's, it's a big puzzle, you know, mm-hmm. When you have this game in mindset, you want to unlock the puzzle. And the puzzle in trading that I personally believe is it is smart money concepts, right? It's, it's the ultimate puzzle because that's where the big institutions are moving money around. And if you can identify where they are moving and exiting, you can enjoy some of the breadcrumbs. And Dolicad was a perfect example. I saw that trade. There was an imbalance. Uh, there was lots of liquidity there, and I took it. 
and it went up to seven, ten hour, and eventually thirty hour. But we only backed around seven hour at a time. So yeah. Cool. Now, what about like somebody who's starting out? They're looking to get into trading. How do they get into trading? What's your sort of roadmap for them? I think the best roadmap is don't do it the way I did it because it took me eight years to get here. The best thing to do is to find a credible course or a mentor. Once you can find that person that can teach you or a course, do the course, watch it three times, however long it takes. The first time, watch it. Just absorb it. Second time, absorb it and take notes. The third time, absorb it, take notes and post the videos or the course or whatever and just do examples. Um, and then after, just backtest the hell out of it. Just backtest, backtest, backtest. Go on simulations. Go, go on real simulations. And until you become profitable in a simulation, then you can then you can go live. And once you can go live, just contact one of the the, the prop firms or CTI and just do a CTI evaluation and that's it. That's the best advice I can give. Cool. Awesome. Now, um, talking about a price chart, talking about smart money concepts, I mean, what three things would you recommend somebody go off and study on a, on a price chart? On a, on, based on smart money concepts or just overall? Well, in general, in general. Like, I mean, you've obviously done the retail kind of methodology, smart money. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say? Go away and study these things. I would probably say, um, yeah, study smart money, smart money concepts. I'll definitely say study that. It's just going to save you um, so much time. But saying that, you can't really just trade smart money concepts by itself because there's a lot of traders that trade that anyway, and a lot of them struggle, right? So if you're going to trade smart money concepts, try and have a strategy that can implement it as a confluence. At the way we do it is we use patterns to, um, you know, as a confluence, and when you use patterns, you can filter out all the low probability smart money concept levels and trade just the high probability ones. But if you've got, um, if you have a strategy and it's a moving average crossover, use the moving average crossover to complement the smart money concept um, entry. So that's something I'd definitely advise for any traders. Cool. Awesome. Now, um, what about from a mindset point of view? Do you have any sort of hacks that you've used in the past to get your mindset on point? Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Um, it's 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 a combination of a few things. So you need to something that affects the mind is your sort of your routine, who you hang around with. Your diet is very important. Diet is very important. You know, if you have like a big breakfast and then you go to the markets and you start trading, you're gonna you're gonna crash. You're gonna get lazy and you'll probably miss a few details when it comes to your technical analysis and those few details can really cost you daily so if you can the thing to have the mindset you need you need all the pillars right you need a really really good diet you need to be um working out you need meditation to give your mind a break because trading is very very uh draining so meditation um a good diet you need to be um watching the the, the the right stuff you don't want to be going out and partying and then trading you really need to be in the zone consistently so not just when you're in the markets but in general life um even in relationships if you're in relationships and you're constantly arguing or or something's bad's happened it's gonna affect the trading so everything you do in life it affects your trading so everything 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 is something i'll definitely um advise on and are there any times when you just simply wouldn't trade even now with, with what you're doing and the confidence level you've got? Definitely. I mean, if I don't, if I have broken sleep or if I sleep a little bit too late, I just won't even bother trading. Because um, I've journaled my, you need to, another thing, you have to journal your trades. It's where you find the information. You know, journal your emotions when you're taking a trade. And if you feel hesitant, analyze, the, analyze what's happening, backtrack the routine prior to that and just really just analyze itself. So in terms of um, when I wouldn't take a, a trader, yeah, if I, if I haven't slept, if I've got broken sleep, I'm going to be a terrible trader. I know that for a fact because um, I, bre- I end up breaking the rules. Risk goes out the window and I just don't trade. Um, another time might be if 
if I've got so much going on, I've got so much work with BOT and then there's all these tasks and I just can't get in sync with the market. If I feel like I'm not in sync, even though it's a valid setup, I just don't trade. So I need to be in the zone. I need to, I, I need some time to be in the zone. I need to be confident about the trades and no distractions. So everything really, you need to be in the zone when it comes to trading. Cool. Well, look, we're going to wrap up here with a, a few quick fire questions. Um, some of them aren't that quick, but, uh, if you had to sort of summarize it, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? It would probably five years, five years, five years. I was, um, no, hold on. Five years. I was profitable. The first five years is trial and error. Five years. I was profitable around six, six to the seventh year. I became consistently profitable, which is a big difference. And, seven to eight year which is where i'm at now is just consistency just following the rules and the, the same setup every day and what about setups what's your favorite entry setup my favorite entry setup has to be a pattern with a smart money concept level after a break of structure nice. with a fake out so it, there needs to be a fake out and i call it the boomerang Right, I do remember the boomerang. Um, now, what about uh, strategies for exiting and managing trades? It's the same. So, like I said before, once you've mastered your strategy to the absolute T, and you've got the same entry, you just need to flip it around and use that as your exit. So, it should be the same. You don't want to have three, four, five different entry criteria, and then another five, six exit criteria. Everything just needs to be aligned and perfectly with one. And what about a recommended resource or uh, trading book? Trading book. Funny story, I've never read a trading book to this day. Um, the markets have been my number one trading book, just trial and error. Um, trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Yeah, tell a lot, I've listened to that as a podcast, but I've never physically read a trading book. So trading in the Zone is a good one if, if I have to recommend one. And what about your preferred broker and trading platform? Third broker and trading platform, I like the one we use, which is uh, CBT uh, Limited or one that I've had from way before all this big journey was IC Markets based in Australia. The devil has been quite, quite decent. That's where I've had my life track record before back in the day. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. And do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Hmm. Yes, I got it. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Okay, this should have been in my story. So um, my worst ever trade was somewhere around 2016, 2017. Um, or 20, uh, yeah, around 2016, 2017. The friend that I found out that was trading, she was, you know, she was trading at the time. She got an investment of around 20K. But then, you know, she, she needed help trading it because she saw I was doing pretty decent with my, my trading and whatnot. So we sort of came together and we took this trade based on um, a, a, a trader influencer on Instagram. And we just followed the signal with no risk management whatsoever. And that 20K just, we basically blew it in that one trade and that oh, was kidding. really 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 hard that was that was tough i was so i was heartbroken that was so so tough so yeah that was my my biggest Damn. yeah my worst trade ever Damn. sorry to end the show on this um <laughs> could you leave our listeners with one piece of advice one piece of advice is just never give up there is no plan b and once you have a strategy, master one entry. Just master the one entry. Don't have all these millions different. Like, you know, if you're trading a Fibonacci at the 61%, for example, master the 61. I know how to trade a 61. And you don't trade a 61. You want to trade the 88 because everyone gets stopped out at the 61. But you need the data. And you just need to have one entry. One entry, one exit, one variable. Don't have like 10 variables, 10 markets. Must just be the master of one, basically.
awesome awesome great advice now um if you guys want to find out more from diego we can actually see him on the live streams here on trading up but who knows when you're listening to this it could be like many years in the future and you might not be doing that so Mm -hmm. do you want to let the guys know what the best way is to get hold of you yeah, so you can definitely check the citytradersimperium.com website. So I'm there or on the Discord uh, community and also the BLT course, which is also in the CTI website. But definitely I'll be on, on Discord all the time, which you can find me through the CTI website. And, and what's your Instagram? Just so that people can go and check out that uh, office. My Instagram, I've changed the name recently. It's nft.defi dot web free okay we might need to put that in the show notes guys so don't try and type it in because who knows who's out there trying to scam you um look a big thank you to diego for sharing with us today everything we discussed here along with all these links are going to be in the show notes to find them simply search for diego in the search box on tradingnut.com until next time wish all my listeners trading happiness and success all right folks there you have it interview done and dusted with diego now as mentioned at the start we did shoot a video where he's done this before and after so we've seen the before i've seen the before haven't seen the after yet but it was a 28 hour predicted trade uh, i think he was going to take initial profits at eight hour so let's um see what happened with that or to see what happened with that go and jump over to the youtube channel if you're not there already have a look around you'll find that video uh with diego and it breaking down some of the techniques he uses including uh, the boomerang technique which he i can't remember if he talked about it in the show but you're going to get to see a little bit about that as well um do remember you can catch these guys on the live stream him and his cousin uh, Rodrigo on the live stream along with a bunch of other traders there so if you're looking to fill up your trading week with some support um, some ideas then please go and check that out hit subscribe on that YouTube channel click on that notifications bell and click all and you'll get notified when those live streams go live uh, last but not least Robot Builders Club yep doors are still open if you want me to help you automate some or all of what you do then uh, yeah I can do that at the Robot Builders Club there's no coding required you actually get 12 months worth of uh, FX Dreamer, which is the software we use to build. You get that included with your membership. And uh, I'd love to see your uh, creation, see what you can build, see what you can automate as part of your training. All right, folks, enough from me. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode.